We're going to uh, take a look at James, the fourth chapter, verse 13 through 17. Um, 2020, a blessing in disguise. <laughs> when uh, Cameron said that, I, of course, my back is to most of you, and I thought well, some people are going, yeah, right. <laughs> well, stay with me for a minute, which is, uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, take a little closer look at this. I'm going to go ahead and put this introduction slide up there, and you can take a look at that while I uh, want to relate some other things to you. A couple of funny stories. Funny in the sense of, I think they're kind of unique, and they're actually your story. They're actually my story. So think about this for a moment. And I think I may have used this family as an illustration before, so I hope they don't mind me using them again. But think about this. There's this family that was living in Guatemala, and they moved to Southern California. Okay? (laughs) And then they sent their kids to Anaheim High School. And then one of them meets a redheaded girl from Missouri. And they're here. And then there's one of the daughters that goes to Anaheim High School that meets a boy from King City, Missouri, and they're here. And then the other son says, what's going on in Missouri? So he gets his wife, and he comes back here to check it out. (laughs) And the folks say, what are the kids doing? So they're here. Well, there was a boy from northern Missouri that moved to California. And there was a girl that moved from Wisconsin with her family to California. Guess what high school she went to? Anaheim High School. (laughs) What's going on in Anaheim, right? (laughs) And they're here this morning. And then there's a guy from Texas and a girl from Ohio. And there's people from Georgia and there's people from Alabama. And you kind of stop and think about all that. And if you put them all in the room together, which they are... (laughs) There would be one question that they might ask of each other. How'd you get here? Isn't that kind of funny? How'd you get here? Was that in your plans when you think back years ago? That you would end up in Platte City, Missouri. And so as you think about that question and you kind of think, that is kind of funny. It's almost as if there was some kind of outside force behind all of that. Doesn't it seem like that? And you know what? I haven't had time to explore them all. But I'd like to hear all the stories in this room. Because each and every one of them is unique. And probably each and every one of us would ask the same question. How did this happen? And how did it turn out like that? And then the other part of that kind of funny story is. There are some people that are here. In this area. That have always been here. And they had plans on going someplace else. (laughs) But they're stuck. 
And you say, was that your plan? And it wasn't my plan. I was planning on going, but they're here. So I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about this. There's nothing wrong with making plans. It's how we go about making those plans is where we get into trouble. James chapter 1 and verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and let patience have its perfect result, that you might be made complete, lacking in nothing. There's a plan to make you complete, to make you mature. 1 Peter chapter 5, which we're getting ready to study that book, In the last chapter of that book, Peter says, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory will perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That word perfect carries with it the ideal that He will mend you. He will restore you. He will fix you firmly in the faith. And He will strengthen you so that you might be able to resist those that would oppose your faith. And He would establish you. He would settle you in your faith. That's a plan for you. Romans 8 chapter. Passage that I oftentimes like to refer to. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. The Apostle Paul said... And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to His his purpose. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. He had a plan that we would become like His Son. So now in James, the fourth chapter, In verses 13 through 17, James deals with, and that's not James Dill. (laughs) James deals with making plans. And there's three points. It's how we make plans. The problem with how we make plans. And then how should we make plans? So first of all, How do we make plans? I want to read that to you once again. Uh, Danny read that for us. But in James, the fourth chapter, I want you to notice, he says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, and we will spend a year there, and we will buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in all your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. You know what James speaks of there? In verse 16, he speaks of human pride. He speaks of human ego. He speaks of our boasting. I want to ask you something. I want to see if your answer is like mine. 
When I read that, and he says, Come now, ye who say, Today or tomorrow, I'm going to go here or I'm going to go there. I got plans. Are you bragging? Are you boasting? As I read that, I think, No, I wasn't boasting. I was just saying what my plans are. But you know what James is saying? You've become so accustomed and to so used to making your own plans that you don't even stop and say, if the Lord wills, I will go here or I will go there and I will do such and such. And we don't even think about it as boasting. I want you to think about this. God wants us to consider Him. And He wants us to consult with Him. He made us. He made this world. And people ignore Him. And do what they want to do. Now let me ask you this. If you have a child that's kind of out of control, have you ever seen parents get to the point where they go, I just don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> and they just kind of throw up their hand. You ever seen that? So let me ask you. Do you think God's like that? These kids. <laughs> I want them to consult with me. But they just run around and they make their own plans and they think they're just going to... Co- I made them and the world they live in, I made. And yet, they don't, they don't want to ask me. So do you think God just throws up His hands and says, I, I don't know what I'm going to do? Nine months ago, the economy's booming. Stocks are soaring. Things are sailing along. And we were all ready making plans for summer vacation. It's February. It's March. We got to think about what we're going to do this summer and where we're going to go and the vacation we're going to take. And do you know what was the furthest thing from our mind? 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 26. For many of us, that was the last thing, the furthest thing from our mind. Do you know what 1 Corinthians 15 verse 26 says? The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Our last enemy, our biggest enemy, making plans for summer vacation, that wasn't on my mind. Probably wasn't on yours either, was it? What was on your mind? My plans. I'm going on vacation. Not my enemy. That wasn't what I was thinking about. But let me ask you. Was that enemy there? Oh yeah. He was right there. When you woke up, he was there. When you went to bed, he was there. 
When you went out the door, he was following you. When you got in the car, wherever you went, here or there, he was right there. Could he have destroyed you? Could have. But that wasn't on my mind. That's probably a lot like Scarlet and Gone with the Wind. Remember her? <laughs> oh, fiddly dee, I'll think about that tomorrow. <laughs> if it was something she didn't want to think about, I'll just put that off till tomorrow. I don't want to think about that because I've got my plans. Because this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. You know what James says? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> Your life's a vapor. Isn't that strange? Our biggest enemy. Paul says our last enemy. And we weren't even concerned about it. What on our minds? Whose mind was it on? Who was concerned about our enemy? Nine months ago, the world sailed along. I'm doing fine, thank you. I can take it from here. But then, despite all of our scientific, economic, technological pro uh, prowess, we were baffled by this pandemic and this virus. And not only were we baffled, we were miffed, <laughs> weren't you? <laughs> this is messing with my plans. You know what else we were miffed about? The frailty of life. Because all of a sudden, so succinctly, it was brought to our attention. And we came to realize, James 4.14, your life is a vapor. It could be over like that. Was that always true? It was always true. But who was concerned about it? That truth was there. It just wasn't in our plans. So here's what one writer said about this, religious writer. He said, suddenly, the resurrection had relevance. And it was painfully, yet joyously, thankfully, brought to light. Resurrection. That's a big deal. He went on to say, for lots of folks, God suddenly became relevant. The resurrection suddenly became relevant. Suddenly, the truth resonates with the human condition. Suddenly, Hope has a name. 
suddenly it has a face. And that face and that name is Jesus Christ. Suddenly, we realized that our plans could be drastically, with finality, altered. Wasn't that always true? It was always true. But as long as we could make our plans and we could proceed with our plans and we could enjoy the outcome of our plans, God and Jesus Christ, the resurrection, our biggest enemy, wasn't even relevant to us. It was like an asterisk to our plans. Oh, I've got to think about this and maybe if I have time that so once again I want to ask you that this question who was concerned about your biggest enemy sometimes crisis has to open the door for Jesus Christ. And what James wants his readers to know is your life is a vapor that appears for a little while. You're always just one breath away from your plans being irrelevant if God wills you will go here or there today and tomorrow I do not believe that God brought this pandemic what I believe is God allowed this pandemic? Because sometimes we have to be yanked back from the fire. Because our biggest enemy is still there. In the book of Lamentations, following Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. Israel had been unfaithful to God. And because they'd been unfaithful, God allowed their enemy to overthrow them, to overrun them. God had pleaded with them, but they didn't want to listen. So in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 32... It says, but though he caused grief, he will have compassion according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men. He does not afflict from his heart. That wasn't what he desired to do to them but he allowed their enemies to overrun them. 
Because God had a plan for them. But they weren't faithful to that plan. In Proverbs chapter 3, and verse 11 and 12, it says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest His correction. For whom the Lord loves, He corrects, just as a father the son in whom He delights. What James, what Proverbs wants us to know is we make plans and we leave God out of our plans and we forget about His plan. And a lot of times that's the way we go about making our plans. So what's the problem with the way we make plans? In Proverbs chapter 3, I want to turn back there. In verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. So what the writer of Proverbs is saying, it's not wrong to make plans. And James is pointing out it's not wrong to make plans. The problem is, is when we go about making those plans and then we leave God out of them. So let me give you this illustration. Because I've already spoken about my plans, right? (laughs) So how about this? One of these days this pandemic's going to be over. Right? Hopefully. And so I decide... I'm ready for that vacation. And I like going to Florida. And I like that golf side. God did some really nice work there. (laughs) And I like walking along the shore in the morning time and you can see the seagulls and you can see the pelicans and sometimes you look out in the bay there and you can see dolphins and there's manatee and there's lobsters and there's crabs and there's lots of fish and I like to go fish And so what if I just get online and I book a flight and get the rental car and the condo and this guy that I've got in my phone I like to go fishing with down there. I get him on the line. I'm coming. And then I get out the suitcase and I start throwing in the shorts and the t-shirts, the flip-flops, sunscreen, sunglasses and then my wife walks in and she says, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm making plans to go to Florida. Would you like to tag along? (laughs) And she says, excuse me? (laughs) Tag along? And I say, yeah. Because you remember that one time when we were down there and I was going to go fishing and the guy that I like to use for a guide and go fishing with, he couldn't go. And so I spent all this time on the phone calling up this other guy and setting up these appointments. And I was thinking, while I was kind of out on the shore enjoying the scenery, you could get on the phone and you could set that up. (laughs) She says, tag along. Make your plan work out. I said, yeah. Don't you like the way I included you? (laughs) You're in my plans. 
I want to give you the context to Proverbs, the third chapter. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than, that, than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of, de- length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all those who retain her. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. Do not despise chastening. The ones the Lord loves, He corrects. And happy is the man who finds wisdom and gains understanding. It's more precious than rubies and silver and gold. Our world was turned upside down in the garden. And ever since then, God wants to turn it right side up. So James says in chapter 4 and verse 15, If the Lord wills, that's God's plan first, and then ours. Not the other way around. So James says, you're making plans about going here and about going there and about doing this and that. And you know what we do with our plans? We want God to tag along. I'd really like for you to make this plan work out. And if it gets interrupted, I'd like for you to fix it. Because I've got this plan. One of the biggest rubs in 2020, my plan got interrupted. (laughs) And people say things like, I want to get back to normal. Let me ask you, (laughs) what was your normal? Making plans? And God can tag along? Why do we pray for this virus to go away? You know what we need? We need wisdom. We need understanding. So in James chapter 4, you know what James is saying? 
Life is bigger than your personal plans. In James chapter 1, James says, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God. And just prior to that, it's where he talks about encountering trials. And he said, God's plan is to make you complete. He wants to, his plan is to fix you. Isn't that funny? Because we want God to fix my plan. And God said, I'm trying to fix you. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26 and 27. God made man and woman in his image. And then he blessed them. And told them to multiply and to fill the earth with his image. He had a plan. Satan came along. You know what Satan said? You don't have to follow God's plan. You can be your own God. And your biggest enemy? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your biggest enemy. You won't die. So outside the garden, God had a plan. But Cain didn't want to follow the plan. And that kind of thinking spread until God had to cleanse the earth. And he started over. And then in Genesis 11, you know what they're doing again? God wanted them to be scattered over the earth. And they said, no, we're going to build a tower so that we won't be scattered. And so God confounded the language. And then in Genesis 12, he calls Abraham. And he tells Abraham, I've got a plan. <laughs> You're going to be the father of a nation. I'm going to give you a land. And through your seed, I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth. You know what his plan was? I'm going to defeat your greatest enemy. So while we're not thinking about it, he's thinking about it. And so James is just telling us, Satan turned your world upside down. And God wants to turn it right side up. In the book of Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, right? In Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 7, Solomon said, I have seen slaves, I have seen servants riding upon horses and princes walking upon the ground. In other words, what Solomon saying, I looked out my window and he said, this, this is backwards. <laughs> this is upside down. The servants are riding on the horses and the princes are walking. <laughs> that should be the other way around. 
And see, that's what's happened in the world. It's gotten turned upside down. It's his world. It's his plan. And we're living in it. And so Proverbs 3 says, Do not despise the chastening of the Lord. The writer of Hebrews in the 12th chapter says the same thing. No chastening at the time is pleasant. But afterwards, it bears the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Get your world back. Turn right side up. So how should we make plans? I want to read to you from Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, beginning at verse 10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me. With all of your heart. God didn't want to send them to Babylon. <laughs> it's just that they gave up on his plan. And he had to get their attention. So that they would truly know who's in control. And that's what James is saying. If the Lord wills, you will go here or there today and tomorrow. And your life, it's a vapor. He's not being critical. He's reminding your plans. And God says, you will search for me and you will find me. When you search for me with all your heart. When you really want me, I'll be there. But don't you ever think that I'll just tag along as you make your plans. Because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. It was Soren Kierkegaard who said, Life can only be understood looking backwards, but it has to be lived going forwards. Steve Jobs said, You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. He went on to say this. This was in a speech not long before he died. He said, at 17, I read this quote. It said, if you live each day as if it is your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. <laughs> but he said, that made a profound impression upon me. Remembering, I could soon be dead. But he said, you know what? That helped me make some big decisions. 
And he says, as I thought about external expectations, when I thought about pride, when I thought about the fear of failure, all of that faded in the face of death. And what it left behind? What was truly important. It helped him make important decisions. That's what James says. Your life's a vapor. It'll help clear your thinking. It'll help you make important decisions if you keep that in mind. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. The Apostle Paul said, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. God had a new plan. And He sent His Son And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. It's a new creation. And Paul says we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which he planned beforehand. That we should walk in them. That's his plan. So it's not a matter of whether or not we make plans. It's whether we consult with the one who's in control when we make our plans. If the Lord wills, I will go here or there today and tomorrow. Remember Luke, the 12th chapter? Remember that rich farmer? He said, I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build bigger. And there I will store all my goods and I will have much laid up for many years to come. And the Lord broke in and said, thou fool. That's not me saying that. That's God saying that. Thou fool. This very night your life shall be required of you. And then, whose will these things be? And such is the man who goes about making his plans without thinking about God first. If this pandemic taught us anything, It's that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. If God wills, your life is a vapor. Your greatest enemy is still there. So hopefully, 2020 helps us get our perspective back. If we've lost it, maybe you've had it. So here's what we do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He'll direct your paths. 2020? It can be a a blessing in disguise, can it? (laughs) If it helps us to have the right focus. I want to extend the invitation this morning to any and all that are here. What's your plan? Does it involve God? He has a plan for you. 
It's a whether or not you will accept his plan. If you're subject to invitation, let us know while together we stand and while we sing.